You know, one of the questions leaders get asked on a regular basis, and I've been asked this from government leaders to ministry leaders to uh, teens mentors. I mean, by that, I mean teachers and parents who mentor with teens. What do we need to do to build this loyalty that we used to see in the greatest generation, the the people who would show up and work for decades in a job, and they would stay there in, in the same house, in the same town, in the same job until they retired. And yet we see young people today that, you know, they work at Wendy's one week, Taco Bell the next week, Uber the next week, and then they may not have a job. They're just waiting on that, you know, that basic income to show up in their checkbook or the banking on their on their phone. It just shows up on their phone. Where do we build loyalty? How do we as leaders continue to build those relationships? Well, I found a brilliant video on LinkedIn today that I'm going to share with you. But that loyalty, that currency, that's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I'm gonna I want to jump right into this video because I think it's so important and it's it's a great illustration of how the world has changed even since I came out of high school. But when we see things like 16-year-olds who they can't even be put on the news because they're minors, and you have to have a, a, a video release from their parents to be able to legally show their face, and yet they're grown up enough to be physically tackling the New York City Police Department onto the ground in a chokehold that's literally life-threatening. And yet, they're still minors. They're still a protected age. So wh where do we find the, the loyalty to society, much less the loyalty to their job, to their education, to their family? Well, that that's, a, that's an interesting social construct. But I found this uh, Dr. Subramanian, I'm, I'm going to share this video that I found on LinkedIn because I think he makes a brilliant point of the evolution of our society. So just watch this. I'll be back right after his video to talk to you just a little bit more. So the bigger challenge for us is uh, how do you retain people? Because many a times the freshers, when they come in, uh, within six months, one year after you train, they leave. Yeah. So that has been a big challenge, which okay. we are still trying to address. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, thinking of looking at some kind of a retainership, at least three years. Want so, to work? Huh? Want to work? I don't know. So I, I I'm, 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 I'm just, saving you time. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> so that's why I was just trying to figure out how do we uh, do this. So I want you to understand this. The world of business has seen three generations: the industrial revolution, the information revolution, and now we are in this revolution called the social revolution. Industrial revolution, people took a job for survival. They wanted basic necessity of roti, kapda, makan. So they went in and they worked in a workplace and they didn't leave that workplace. Even if the boss was abusive and even if the boss would physically beat them up, people would not leave. That was the era of bosses always, right? Yeah. Because opportunities were less. Yeah. That is pretty, pretty much the grandparents of today's workforce. Then came the information revolution where all these IT companies, brands started building. And the workforce then came to work not for survival because their parents took care of survival. This workforce went to work for standard of living. Basically get a good enough salary to pay the house EMI, the car EMI, children's education loan. Pretty much your generation. You went to work for that, for standard yeah, of living. Absolutely, yeah. Now in this generation, loyalty reduced. Now the truth is that loyalty never existed in the first place. Loyalty didn't exist. There was no option. This generation, information revolution got option. If they got a better quality of workplace and they got a better... Uh, pay then people would jump a job right 
Now this was the information revolution. Then came the third revolution. After 2008's recession, information revolution died. Today information is available for free. You can learn coding on YouTube. You don't have to, it's no longer a hidden knowledge. So you need to understand, now we live in a digital revolution or a social revolution where everything is social. Which means today's workforce, they don't care about survival. Their grandparents took care of that. They don't care about standard of living. Their parents took care of that. Even the labor does not care about standard of living anymore because even labor has Dish TV and Tata Sky in their house. So if you'll say, I'll cut your pay, or if you'll say, I'll bind you with a contract, they will say, thank you so much, I'm finding another job. Today's workforce needs something else. They want quality of life, not standard of life. Standard of life, parents took care. Today's workforce is thinking quality of life, which means quality of workplace, which means quality of job, quality of environment, quality of role, opportunity, learning and rewards, all of that. Unless you don't have a mechanism for that, you will always grapple with this retention challenge. I just want to say there's a whole lot of uh, wisdom and knowledge in that. Obviously, Dr. Forgive me for not being able to pronounce his name. He makes some really good points, though. And a lot of these points have been made by people like Simon Sinek and Seth Godin that we've seen this evolution. In fact, I've, I've got it right over here on my, my shelf, a book from the 2000s, the, the early, maybe mid-early part of the information age, the dot-com boom, just before the big dot-com bust. And a guy by the name of Peters said, you're not going to find... Uh, job security anymore. No, in, in fact, what an employee looks for now is not job security, but employment security. You can't expect that you're going to be able to walk into a job and keep your job for 10, 20, 30 years, long enough to get your pension, long enough to get your retirement. And by the way, do you know how many government offices, how many train stations and railroad employees or auto worker union employees are now in their retirement age and still fighting to get their pensions. They're having to sue the pension funds because they thought that money would just keep growing, keep growing, keep growing, and it's not there anymore. But that's how they bought the loyalty of many of these people for decades was you're going to have this pension, you're going to have this retirement, you're going to reach a, a certain age where you don't have to work so hard anymore. You can put your feet up, we'll send you a check anyway. And now that that's gone away, they kind of are trying to figure out what to do. Well, that revolution went away. And Peter said, you, you, you don't expect to find a job where you can stay on the job for decades and then retire. In fact, you need to find the competence within you that says, I can leave job A and go to job B and be just as good at job B with the skill set that I have, even as the workplace evolves, even as opportunity evaporates and dissolves, I will be worth hiring anywhere. Well, then if the good doctor is right, we've also seen that the evolution has brought us beyond <clears throat> that ability just to have a skill set, the information age, where if you knew how to code or you had a degree in X, Y, or Z, then your information, what was in your mind, was so much more powerful. If you had the degree, if you had the letters behind your name, if you had the endorsements, <clears throat> that made you a valuable employee. <clears throat> Anybody in the world would want to hire you because you graduated from MIT or Harvard or Brown or Princeton or UCLA. And then all of a sudden we realized that, and, and I discovered this while mentoring high school students, 
There are high school students who can answer questions about trigonometry or about algebra or about social issues or about history. Not because they have the PhD in it, not because they've been studying the topic for decades, but because they have Google at their fingertips. They have the ability to ask their phone questions that my mother used to be able to solve in her head, and now the average high school student couldn't work out on paper in a week's time, but they don't have to. They have their phones. They have access to knowledge. Knowledge is free anywhere, as the good doctor said. So then what becomes the value, what becomes the currency, if you will, as a leader to not only build this mysterious loyalty of the worker when you're trying to run a workplace, but also in those relationships that may not look like a boss and an employee, a manager and a team. How then do you build this? And I think think the answer to that question is relevance relevance. As a leader, you've got to be relevant. And I don't just mean relevant to the cause. I mean relevant to the individual. You've got to find in your relationship with them the connection that means you're important to them. Dale Carnegie said it over a hundred years ago. Always speak in the term of the other person's interest. Find out what matters to them. As the good doctor said, we find ourselves working not for standard of living, not for survival, but for the quality of the life that we're going to have. We find ourselves working often today looking for the freedom to come and go as I please. Why do you think the gig economy is so big in so many places? My son's girlfriend, when she travels in from college, she goes to college close. Her home is, is in another state. But when she's away on summer break and comes to visit. She has a job anywhere she goes because she delivers food for Lyft, or excuse me, for uh, DoorDash. She doesn't care where she's at. If she has her phone, i.e. a GPS, and she has some free time, she will log in and start picking up local deliveries and take them wherever she wants to. And in a matter of minutes, she can pick up work. She doesn't have to apply. She doesn't have to have a resume. She doesn't have to have a long job history. There's no interview process. She's already got the job, and the job is as portable as her car. Anywhere she wants to go, however she wants to do it. Now, is that a living wage? Not necessarily. But who doesn't want a side hustle that if you get stuck out of town due to a snowstorm or you get stuck out of town due to running out of gas on your trip, You just need to pick up enough gas money to get home while you're waiting on your next check. That's a pretty good gig. Well, both of my sons do it from time to time as well. They'll door dash to pick up a little extra cash for a weekend away. Those kinds of jobs, they don't care about a degree program. I mean, she is going to college. Her degree is irrelevant to that job. But the job doesn't care. The job knows that they can be relevant to what's important to her by offering her opportunity where she is and when she wants it. Are you, as a leader, that relevant to the people you lead? Do you offer them what they want from you, what they need from you, where they are when they want it, in the way that they need it? 
Or do you have that kind of hidden knowledge relationship to the people that you lead that says, I'll kind of give it to you after you jump through these hoops. I'll give it to you. I'll make it available to you after you have this much tenure, after you've invested this much in me, whether that's financial investment or commitment investment or relational investment, whatever it is, you're not getting from me the next thing until you've invested in me so much as well. I believe that relevance, being relevant, speaking in the term of the other person's interest that will be the relational difference for leaders who succeed in this new social slash digital age where literally a job's loyalty is, do I want to work today? It's not about do I want to work here? Do I want to work there? Am I associated with this brand or that brand, with this program or that program, with this accomplishment or this cause? No, it's do I want to work today? Do I need the money today? Do I need a little play money. Well, it's not just about the job, though, is it? It's about those relationships. It's about access. It's about having the right, the opportunity to speak into somebody's ear to influence them because they're asking the same question. Do I want that today? During the COVID shutdowns and and everybody staying at home, uh, there was a platform, a particular platform, if I said it, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about, that made virtual training a daily thing. There were a lot of people who the only way they could work was through this virtual platform. And so virtual training, virtual, what I'm doing right now, standing in front of a camera and providing information for you became such a mainstay of the daily way of receiving information The market was flooded with podcasts. Now, I've been doing this podcast since 2015, late 2015, early 2016. I've been doing it three to five days a week, every week since 2017. Um, There are very few days that I miss, but I've never missed more than three days in a row since 2017. So five years, over 1,200 episodes of Leading Leaders Podcast. Not always by that name, but always doing the same thing five to 10 minutes talking right here in front of you. The relevance of the information that I provide may change as the audience ebbs and flows. People who find out about the show and say, love it, I want to watch it, and they watch it every day for a week or two, and then life takes them away from this seven o'clock in the morning time space, and they find themselves somewhere else, or they get bored, or they find that there are now, after the big giant online platforms, 10 zillion other people doing exactly the same thing or something very similar. Well, the value that I offer is the fact that it's free. Well, so it is with a lot of people. You can get a podcast from just about anybody for free. The value that I offer then is that it's about leadership. Oh, wait, John Maxwell does the same thing for free. And that's the guy who trained me. That's the guy I paid to be my mentor, to be my licensee. I'm a licensee of his to bolster my credibility and the quality of the content that I deliver. So if you can get him for free, why would you want me for free? You see where I'm going with this, though? The relevance that we offer in our lives, in everyday relationships, marriage relationships, parent-child relationships, next-door neighbor relationships, Mentorship relationships, employee-employer relationships, leader and team relationships. All of those are about the relevance that you offer to the individual that you're serving. 
which tells me that regardless of what age we're in, whether it's the Industrial Revolution, the Information Revolution, the Social Revolution, the Digital Age, where we find ourselves is that as long as humans are involved, the currency will remain the same. Relevance. Speak in the term of the other person's interest. They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. If you don't care about the people that you intend to lead, you cannot force them to be loyal. You cannot bribe them to be loyal. You cannot cajole them to be loyal. You're going to build a relationship with them or not based on your ability to demonstrate that you care about what's important to them. Take the time as a leader today to assess those relationships that are most important to you, those people who serve on your team that are absolutely imperative to the quality of your work and the performance that you offer for your customers. Are you providing to them that relevance of what's important to their life, not just your bottom line? If you're not doing that, you might lose them soon, and that's going to make it really hard to maintain your business. Take the time as a leader to ask those tough questions of yourself. Am I providing what's relevant to my team, or am I only doing what's good for my only bottom line? I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.